No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis. What the hell is going on here? Nothing, baby penis. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is, in fact, something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means I'm ashamed of my small penis. Why is it so small? Hi, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out. Welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's just returned from the 40,000-strong Boy Scout Jamboree in West Virginia. He had no official capacity at the Jamboree. Jamboree? Yes. Well, that's what they call it? Yes. That's what they're going for? The, the homophobic organization? He had no official capacity at the Jamboree, but by day two, he had collected his fair share of what he'd like to call Matt Merit Badges as police combed the Appalachian Mountains in directions of the missing boys. Uh, yeah, Jamboree, as if it couldn't get any gayer. Yeah, the Jamboree. 40,000 uh, pubescent boys up in the mountains in West Virginia uh, with scoutmasters with uh, disreputable backgrounds. I picture him doing those dances where you lock elbows and spin <laughs> around and trade partners and shit. Yeah, I just picture a lot of uh, boy kissing. Uh, <laughs> actually, it was, I think it was one of those things like it goes back like 120 years. So Jamboree, like in 1896, probably like didn't sound so gay. Mm. But you got to update the terminology. Yeah, call it a... a Get together, yeah, or just a, a, something man, more manly, like a camp out or a fire bonfire. See, or the more like manly you try and make it sound, the gayer it's going it to sound. That. That. <laughs> Nothing's gayer than jamboree. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by Puberty Blockers. When you want to chemically castrate and psychologically mutilate your child in exchange for pats on the back at Brentwood cocktail parties, Puberty Blockers. Nobody, nobody will ever have hair again. <laughs> Matt, you and I talk about. We're going to talk about this a little later in the show. I did not realize that one of the effects of these puberty blockers that all the uh, rich white people are giving their kids is that uh, the kid becomes chemically castrated because when you change uh, genders, or when you start taking the drugs to change genders, you don't actually gain the uh, uh, you know, fertility of the other gender. Mm-hmm. So you actually become, by age 11 or 12, you become infertile for life, basically. Yeah, that's what I... I, I, guess, it's, I guess I just figured. never thought about it, but like, it, what I'm saying is you can't really... You haven't had any surgery, any, any alterations to your anatomical appearance, but say you decide to go back, yeah. you, would be, you would be infertile. You'd be infertile, and and obviously it would affect the development of your of your wang, and it, it would be much smaller. And uh, you would think it would not be uh, enormous. I don't actually. I don't that that part. I don't know. You might have investigated. Well, no, the wang. because when you go through puberty, your your dick gets bigger. Uh, I'm You're still, gonna have a little baby dick. Still waiting. Uh, if we wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Pit Podcast. Or on Facebook, also last one podcast. Anytime we say baby dick, I move on <laughs> very quickly. There's no FCC, but I like to think God is watching. <laughs> All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. You're a huge Amber Rose fan. I know you and her connected at the Slut Walk. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's, she actually might have been the least slutty person at the Slut Walk, which is kind of interesting. Well, uh, and she's, well, let's say she's very slutty. I think there were a lot of poser sluts there. Uh, I, I'm sure there were actual sluts, but... Uh, um, have you seen Amber Rose having sex before? No, but I would assume that she's fucked a thousand guys. Uh, well, I don't know about that. She did start stripping when she was like 15, for which she does not apologize, <laughs> just, just, just so you know. No, everyone should do it. Also, the motivational <laughs> speech given by uh, the chick with the spiderweb tits. Yes. Um, now I can't remember her name. Well, she always, says, she always says, I was 15 when I started stripping, and I, I don't apologize. I'm thinking, 
No, you shouldn't apologize. But the, the guys who were like touching you at fifteen, they should probably apologize. <laughs> I don't like, know if apologize is the right word, but go to jail. I don't know if. <laughs> well, not the guys, but with her, it's like I don't know if I would necessarily brag about it, or I don't know if apologize, but maybe acknowledge. Uh, this is not what you should be doing when you're 15. This, well, this, you know. she makes a claim that, like she had no money, she had no resources. This is what she had to do, which I, I can understand when you're a teenager and you're, you're dead broke, you do lots of bad things. But now she's like 30 and still doing the same thing, and she has lots of money, so that doesn't, that doesn't explain that necessarily. She's still stripping, basically, in her 30s. Is she still stripping? She, well, she's still naked on social media every single day. Right. She's still earning her keep that way. Uh, so here's an interesting quote. So I saw this article. I, I, I fall victim to clickbait. I cannot stop myself from clicking on clickbait. Uh, as much as I hate it, I know you do the same. Brian just searched Google's clickbait. Uh, <laughs> it was a quote from Amber Rose about Kanye West. Amber Rose and Kanye used to date. The, the famous story is how uh, Kanye was fucking uh, Amber West while watching the Kim Kardashian sex tape. That goes back to their dating life. He was fucking... Amber Rose while watching the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Which oh, is like when, which fucking is, her from behind? Yes. Well, this is when he fell in love with Kim Kardashian. I've done that kind of thing before. Uh, with Amber Rose and the Kim Kardashian sex tape? No, just okay. put on a porn on. <laughs> yes, uh, but did you fall madly in love with the uh, girl in the porn and decide you were going to marry her one day? I've never fallen in love with a girl in a porn. <laughs> no. no. He was a, this is apparently what Amber Rose says he was addicted to Kim Kardashian at that point. And so, uh, by the way, if I'm the girl, that's when I say, like, okay... I get you like this other girl. You're just not allowed to watch her every time we have sex. <laughs> That's just kind of wrong. So Amber Rose, the clickbait headline was, Amber Rose says, the only thing Kanye West ever gave me was dot, dot, dot. And I was starting to fill in the blank like crazy with my mind with all sorts of horrible diseases and all sorts of bad things. And then the answer was fame. Fame was the only thing he ever gave her. And she's complaining about the fact that he still contacts her all the time. He sort of stalks her because he still he can't let go of old flames and things like that. But let me ask you this, Matt. If Kanye West gave Amber Rose fame, didn't he give her everything she has in the entire in the entire world? Yeah, I think up until I don't know if it still is, but her Twitter bio says "ex girlfriend of Kanye West" in the first line. That is basically I would say maybe not. That's not what she's known for to the younger crowd nowadays, but that's certainly how she was known and how she got her all her breaks. Yeah, I mean she doesn't have any talent, which is she's kind of the first sex symbol that's not sexy. Uh, it's strange. It is an odd thing. That, well, well, Black China too. Who your, your your other girlfriend? Black China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I think a number of these girls are not particularly attractive, but what they are is they have huge implants and they're naked mostly on in all their photos. Amber Rose is very odd looking. She might be attractive to like a very small percentage of the population, but that, why should I know her name? Like I don't know every fetish model's name. You don't like bald, bald women from a multi ethnic. Uh, Mutt, sort of mutt backgrounds with odd-looking space faces and implants that are like look like some sort of weird sex toy. I'm just against butt implants in general. I mean, I've seen a couple. You, you ever see a chick with butt implants walking down the street? Yes, it's I see it all the time. Fucking actually. strange. Uh, it's it's gawk worthy, but is is it something you want to put your dick anywhere near? I don't think so. The thing that puts me off about it, and I don't. It is odd-looking. First of all, any having sex with a woman who looks not human is sort of weird to begin with. Yeah. Like someone who doesn't fit like the basic shape of a human being is kind of weird, and and the thing that strikes me about it is that they walk like they took a dump in their pants. <laughs> there's that strange, there's that strange walk, the waddle walk, sort of like they're like they're 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 discharging something from their body. 
Well, it's, just have, not, it's just not a sexy walk. They have things. I'd like to see you walk if someone like made an incision and stuck, uh, you know, pillows up your ass or whatever. No, I can barely walk as it is. Uh, here's the thing. So if someone makes you famous, like Amber Amber Rose and Kanye West. Isn't he allowed a little stalking? I mean, he's a weird, he's a weird fucking dude. But isn't he allowed to like harass her a little bit and say I made you all the time and shit like that when you did make her? I mean, we're assuming that she's not lying. Also, I kind of feel like she might be lying. Uh, I feel like anything people say about Kanye West that sounds weird is true. <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's such a weird motherfucker. He's one of those guys that when people say he's doing some weird shit, you have to believe it. But, yeah. even so, but even so, let's say he's, like, harassing her. This sounds like normal human behavior, though, like kind of hitting up your ex-girlfriend from time to time. Uh, well, it's been, seven, it's been seven years since they broke up. It's kind, of like a long, it's kind of a long time. If he is harassing her, these guys, guys like Kanye are these, they're addicted to, like, imagine if Kim Kardashian left him, he would just throw himself off a bridge or some shit. He's got a weird mother, mommy, girlfriend complex thing going on. Where I think he, dre- he has a being gay complex. Well, it's a being gay complex, but even more, he dresses his girl. He dresses his girlfriends. He like designs clothes for them. He's got a weird affinity it's for kind of like a Buffalo Bob type of yes. thing. Yes, he's got a weird thing where he probably feels some ownership of the girls in, in his life. Yeah, and he doesn't want to, you know, sort of like a, like an R. Kelly kind of thing. He doesn't want to. He does some weird shit like that. Like if he hadn't made it in rap, he might be like fashioning skin suits right now. He would be a fashion designer who lived on an island and where d- girls kept disappearing. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it would be. And writing even worse raps about him. What he, and the whole Jesus, just a Jesus complex alone is, is a bizarre thing he's got going on. He's a weird, he's a really weird, people don't understand the depths of Kanye's weirdness. There was that uh, interview by that South, I can't remember the name of the guy, the South African rapper. Yeah, the guy from uh, Die Antwoord. Yes, yes. And he, uh, uh, Said he spent time with Kanye producing something in his house and just how fucking strange Kanye was. How he just randomly flip on porn and flip off porn. Start talking about random foods and, and, and chocolate pudding and shit like that. <laughs> just like just like very either ADD or bipolar or some sort of or, weird shit going on. Or trying to come off as weird. Like doing shtick. Yeah, I guess. But it's, you know, we talked about this before. Like there's at what point, that's like Shia LaBeouf. At one point, this is a shtick edge into like this is just, this is just a mentally disturbed person. Who's like this all the time? I'm just saying, if you came over to my house and I tried to weird you out, yeah, it, it would be pretty easy. Just no, to uh, you, you weird me out all the time. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amber Rose, I'm saying give it up. If, if the only thing he gave you was fame, and fame is the only thing you have, he gave you everything. So why not just change the headline to dot 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 everything, and then we won't feel bad for you. We won't feel bad for you anymore. Are you going to slut walk by the way in October? Uh, I didn't know it was coming up again. But You're not yeah. on the mailing list. The mail- I think no, they cut you off. I'll be there. They cut you off the mailing list. This is the third annual, by Ironically, the, way. the worst place to get laid in all of uh, the, <laughs> the all of the L.A. area. Yeah. They had, last year, they had Kendra Wilkinson, whose husband was sleeping around with other dudes. It's just, it doesn't seem very, I can't find the empowerment in it. I suppose they're somewhere. If they, it sounds like a place where they have lots of half-naked hot chicks, and it's not, which is the most disappointing part of Slut Walk. No, it's a bunch of uh, younger chicks not knowing why they went. They're as confused as we are. I, I, I wanted to be able to say to him, you don't have to come to this, you know. No, but, but we're you're going. You're not getting school credit for being at the slut walk. No, but we're going. Now, let me ask you. I know that you uh, have uh, given and received lots of STDs in your life. Not, I don't mean sexually, just as gifts, like in little Petri dishes and stuff. No, it's one of the things I'm most <laughs> proud of. Never contracted a, an STD. You said like, like a little dish to like a girl. I want to give you like uh, herpes. It's in a dish here. I don't want to give it to you for real. Someday we'll have this together. Uh, so I don't know, like 40 million people have STDs or 80 million people have STDs in the U.S. Some like ra- massively large number and half people don't know they have it or more don't know they have Only it. Only like 
three people admit to having them, too. Uh, yeah, well, I mean... We're not counting uh, HIV. Uh, well, yeah, no, but people... What, are they going to wear, like a T-shirt? I think if people... Don't people put it on their... I'm not a single man, but don't people put it on their dating profiles or not? If you went home with a hundred people, m- male or female, yeah. th- that had herpes, what percentage would tell you they have it before you fucked? <sighs> I don't know, but I would tell you that if you went home with a hundred random people, like ten people would ha- ten or fifteen people would have it. Yeah, but I, I think maybe ten percent of them would would admit to acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. I don't know. It's a weird. I, I've been out of the dating pool for a long. Do people put that on their on their uh, like dating site profiles or not? It's not a big selling point, I don't no. think. <laughs> no. Well, no. I know, but at some point you got to... Re- well, if you're Usher, you don't have to reveal it. But at some point you have to reveal it, right? Because otherwise you could be sued like Usher for... Uh, so uh, here's an here's a email from Aaron wants to know. Uh, chick should get herpes from Usher now. Chick wants to uh, get herpes from Usher. Her- By the way, I think herpes and Usher are anagrams. I'm looking at it really closely. Uh, now wants $20 million from Usher. Shouldn't we have a payout cap on STDs? And why is it different than all other communicable diseases when it comes to lawsuits? And I think uh, Aaron makes an excellent point because you never see people suing one another uh, for other communi- non-sexual related uh, communicable diseases. They can be fairly dastardly diseases that people give each other by coughing on one another or, I don't know, shitting in their food or whatever. Even hepatitis you get from bad restaurants and stuff. You almost never see people like, I'm going to sue that motherfucker for giving me like a... Uh, Stomach flu or something like that. But if someone gives you gonorrhea, then all of a sudden it's like, and they're rich, by the way, then you sue for like $3 million. Well, it's a lot harder to prove that someone gave you avian flu than herpes because, you know, you, you get herpes by someone putting their dick in you or vice versa. Do you want to hear a weird side story that doesn't involve a, a di- someone putting their dick in me? I went to, uh, I got uh, some horrible, like, Central American, like, stomach flu, like, several years ago. Like, bad kind. Like, really bad kind. Like, shitting, vomiting for, like, two weeks straight. Oh. Like, where you, like, if you're not a young man, you could die from it, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to be, like, hospitalized with all that stuff. And uh, they, at the health department, whatever, collects your, like, shit sample. And they go through and they look for the actual virus that's in your... That's how they find out what you have. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name of it. It sounds fucking horrible. It's from, like, Ecuador or something like that. And then, like, a day later, a guy calls me from the county health department and says, uh, By any chance, did you eat at uh, Tommy's Burgers? <laughs> in the last seven days, I'm like, yeah, I did. They go, yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, they tracked it back to the one guy who was, like, working there who had this virus and gave it to, like, they had 12 or 15 cases of it that broke out. Um, so they actually can track it back to the guy. Now, you know, he had already fled back for Ecuador at that point. So I wasn't going to hire, like, Dog the Bounty Hunter to go get my... Uh, Fees for shit. by the way, shitting and vomiting for two weeks. I should sue for that. Yeah, I think really you could have sued Tommy Burger. I don't. You can't really know like, how much money they have. Yeah, they went out of business. I think after shortly after the, the shit fest, uh, the burgers weren't that good. Uh, <laughs> but it means, so here's the thing. So one is it, it's only STDs and two. Like, should we have? Doesn't Aaron make a point? Should there be like a sort of actuarial table where like it's like twenty grand for herpes, ten grand for gonorrhea because that's I guess treatable. Like, it shouldn't really be based on, like, the fact that, okay, someone rich or someone's got deep pockets gave you, gave you an STD, so therefore you get a lot of money. Well, I don't know. I don't want Charlie Sheen sort of having a budget for giving people herpes, you know. <laughs> I, I don't want to be fucking some chick and she's got a, an account. Uh, yeah, here's your 20 uh, grand check. Enjoy the rest of your life. But, like, like so, like, nine, let's say 99%, 0.9% of people who give other people STDs never get sued. Right. Because either you don't know who it was or if you know who it was, they don't have, like, $100 million in the bank. So like, why am I gonna, what am I going to sue this person for? They don't have any money. It's some, some college. I got herpes from some guy in college, and he has no money. What am I going to get out of it? Why should like a guy like Usher, who, by the way, I think you and I both thought was gay, so this is kind of an accomplishment <laughs> at some level. Uh, 
By the way, the story the story goes. Usher's defense is that he believes that his herpes had gone away. There was non the non communicable form, mm-hmm. which means makes no sense whatsoever. So either he's really stupid or he was lying to the girl who also believed that he was not contagious. Don't the uh, the HIV or the sort of LGBT activists or AIDS activists, I should say, they want to get rid of these laws where you can sue someone for giving you an STD because they because there's cases where someone knowingly yes. gives someone AIDS or HIV. Well, it was a, a crime. So originally in California, it was a crime. They had made it. They had, there was a law that it was a crime to knowingly give someone to be had to be HIV positive. And have sex with someone and transmit it to them, yeah. Without warning, without warning them, they don't want that to be a crime. They don't want it to be a crime because they that would put a big hamper on their grinder. grinder hey, activists, fuck you! <laughs> I know, right? If someone knowingly gives me AIDS, I want them to go to fucking jail, and I want all their money because they're a fucking psychopath. And and how is that not a crime? Well, what, you just said you just world? said you just said if people hundred people had herpes, how many would actually tell you they had herpes? Is it different? You're saying because it's a deadly disease. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I want, I want a, a thing on the books that says if you fuck someone and you have herpes and you don't tell them, I want jail time. What, you go to jail for a bag of weed, a bag of coke? Well, don't get me started on the drugs. No, uh, no I mean, put a, that's a crime. Like, you're, you're inflicting a, a permanent wound but on like someone. Some guy went got Ebola. And they didn't, they didn't sue him for millions of dollars, and he could have killed people. But if I went to dinner at a guy's house, yes. and he was like, uh, do you want to eat this food? And I said, yeah. And he goes, by the way, I bled in it, and I have Ebola, <laughs> then I would sue him, right? You mean after you ate it, if it was really grubby and you were hungry? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It seems to me like this is one of those things, like, you shouldn't, like, there should be some sort of, like, so malpractice. Like, they, when you sue for malpractice, someone fucks up your surgery or whatever like that. It's not based on, like, the amount you can sue for is not based on how, like, wealthy the doctor or how good a hospital you go to. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a $250,000 cap for this, $100,000 cap for that. You can also sue on top of that for, like, emotional suffering or, like, loss of wages or stuff like that if you want to. Mm-hmm. And by the way, since this was a gold-digging whore, getting herpes could actually affect her business. So she can say, like, I'm going to lose another hundred grand <laughs> because herpes is going to cramp me. You have to think, you have to think, this girl going through her mind, and she's assumedly not a dumb girl, not a high IQ, but not a girl who's not been around a little bit. When he tells her he has herpes, but it's not the, it's not the contagious kind, that she's thinking one of two things. Either for some reason he's telling the truth, or he's not telling the truth, and I'm going to get $20, $20 million for herpes. Would you take $20 million for herpes? Oh, in a second. <laughs> yes, I would. Think about it. Really? I mean, really? you can mostly suppress it, I guess. Yeah, you take your valve, I mean, you know, you take your valve tracks and uh, you got your $20 million and you're on your island living with uh, whatever. I mean, in general, I think... You'd have to have uh, protected sex for, from there on out, but so, you know, you get over that. You, uh... You're I, having protected sex anyhow, that's why you don't have a disease. I like the Scandinavian model where maybe it's just a portion of, of your income, like if you fuck some, you know, Teamster, then yeah, you get a couple G's out of it, but... Um, also, I kind of, on the other hand, feel like she should get nothing because if a guy tells you that he has herpes and it's not contagious and you go, all right, well, then screw the whole condom thing. I mean, that's going to take an extra 12 <laughs> seconds and, you know, they cost a dollar. Yeah, but these chicks don't want tests. They don't. These chicks aren't horny. They're not getting with Usher because they're horny. They're getting with Usher because they want either a baby or they want money or they want some kind of financial advantage. Why the fuck would you fuck Usher? <laughs> Why is this girl going back with Usher? So you're saying Usher can't find a lady to fuck who just wants to fuck Usher? No, they, I'm thinking all I'm, have an Usher can find a ton of ladies, but I, I have a feeling that the ladies he's sleeping with are girls that are sleeping with Usher, not because they've been dreaming about Usher forever, 
but because he's a super rich motherfucker and they see an advantage. So how do you screen those girls out if you're Usher? You don't. You assume they're all that way. Any uh, smart. The first thing an athlete goes. The first they have the athlete tra- they, agents have training for like new athletes, like pro athletes. And the first thing they basically tell them is that like any girl who tries to get with you is after something, right? Because it's true in ninety eight percent of the cases. So you have to assume it's true in hundred. When you're when you're rich, you're a target. You're basically a target. So you can get all this, you can get laid every t- anytime you want to. But it comes with this large disadvantage. I smell a rom com where an athlete or an usher type puts a disguise on and falls in love with a girl, and at the end he reveals that he is indeed uh, said athlete. Maybe the, the the lady's a fan of his, yes. and, and he she doesn't know he's him. That he's always out of town at the wrong time. What's um, a big, is herpes a big plot twist? Yeah, yeah, he gives her I'd herpes. Watch, I'd watch that. <laughs> the, the great herpes comedy of the year. <laughs> I'd see that too. I'm saying cap. I'm going for cap. I think there needs to be a cap. I don't think you can just. As much as I, I may not even like Usher, I don't think you should like be able to like sue this shit out of people for as much as you want for any any sort of infractions because they're, just because they're wealthy. So that seems that's, uh, that seems unfair to me. By the way, I think he originally settled with her for one point one million. That seems fair. Yeah, you really? I was gonna say twenty twenty five grand plus damages. All right, Matt. Let me ask you. Uh, you don't have any children, no, that you know of. With all your protected sex, you're never gonna have a child. You have to have unprotected sex to have a child, as far as I know. You put yourself at risk of tremendous, tremendous diseases, not to mention a child. A child. Well, I think, uh, you know, a chick can find a condom and squeeze it out or something. Yeah, that's how most children are made. I think that's why Derek Rose, his agent, told him to start flushing his condoms or something. Did he like really? Yeah. I think Did he also was... tell him to bring his friends along to have sex with his girlfriend? Yeah, that was in part of it. <laughs> Could you imagine squeezing a condom out? Nope. Um, nope. As far as I'm concerned, the condom should be touched with a pair of tweezers and thrown into like the uh, the the burner somewhere into the burner. <laughs> the first, imagine what the, imagine what condoms like in the especially in the early days used to look like too. Like now they they, they perfected them with a lot of uh, you know assembly line processes. But imagine what they looked like a hundred years ago when it really was like from an animal part. It really was like a lamb skin and <laughs> lamb intestine. It really was like an intestine slipping over there. I mean, how many condoms do cleaning ladies have to touch per week? In hotels, uh, I imagine you find all sort. You imagine. Oh, uh, now I have just fla- I flash back to a time I uh, went to one of these uh, uh, crappy roadside motels, and they gave me a room and had not been cleaned yet. Mm. Yeah, that was there. Mm. I was like, um, "Do you guys have a room that doesn't have used condom on the bed?" Is there <laughs> anything more <laughs> petrifying to a to an adult male or, or female even than a used condom? Uh, it's it's distressing. It's distressing. Uh, I, was, I was listening to this uh, this guy that he lives near Penn State University. Yeah, and uh, he like an idiot moved uh, to like near Frat Row or whatever with his wife and children, and uh, so they would always find uh, tampons on their lawn, and he would say, uh, "Yeah, well, you know, when you find the tampon, that's only half the battle because then you got to go find the condom." Uh. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'd, that might be when I move. Speaking of that, by the way, uh, I've been reading stories about in Zimbabwe. I read the Zimbabwe Daily, <laughs> and uh, there's this uh, thing going on now, uh, uh, epidemic, uh, a phenomenon, if you will, where one of these cultures believes that the sper- you need to get sperm of a uh, fertile male for these uh, ceremonies, like these healthy benefit ceremonies. Uh-huh. Sort of like the Chinese have their tiger, tiger blood or whatever, and they... Japanese have their rhino horns and shit like that. They believe like the sperm of a young fertile man 
brings them good luck and whatever. So these women are going this around. This is like their uh, Robex fruit smoothie <laughs> type of thing? <laughs> yes, precisely so. Uh, less calories, worse taste. Uh, and so they've been kidnapping these guys. Like, it's very common to hitchhike on the roads, even if you're like a working person because mm-hmm. nobody has cars. So these groups of girls, women, have been going and like, kidnapping men off the sides of roads, off in rides, roofing them essentially, and then keeping them for like a weekend and extracting as much sperm from them as possible. And uh-huh. I thought, okay, often like a knife point or stuff like that. So for those of you who think men can't be raped. Uh, Can you imagine trying to bust a nut at knife point? Well, yeah, that's the thing. And the weirdest thing was they said the guy, the last guy who got found, he, they, drop, they, you know, they don't kill the guy. They drop him off like in the roadside afterwards. And he goes and gets uh, like some cream for chafing, extreme chafing. It's, uh, they don't hurt the guy at all. It's just his dick. And the, weird, the thing was he said they had intercourse with him to collect the sperm. Mm-hmm. Which led me to wonder, like, really? That seems like about the least efficient way to collect the sperm. So yeah. they were, you know, instead of instead of squeezing it out, they were actually riding him and then uh, collecting the the jizz after the fact. They're going about this all wrong. <laughs> I think I think they're I think they're trying to enjoy this this uh, this rape this rape and, and sperm collection too much. But Dude. imagine the guy gets he gets like he had to ejaculate like ten times like in two or three days, and then they drop him on the side of the road. You could drive down any street like like in Boogie Nights, drive down Sherman Way, find any dude. Hey, we'll pay you a hundred bucks for three loads. You know, you'd have a fucking gallon of that shit before you could. It's an. I, I have to. I have to believe that the girls are picking guys they like. I just <laughs> have to believe that. This was like a twenty-five-year-old school teacher guy. I look like a normal guy. These aren't the most attractive women, I'm assuming. Uh, well, you know, actually, they weren't as bad as I thought they would be. But here's what I'm thinking: if like a car pulls over, if you're in Zimbabwe and a car pulls over with four girls in it, and say like, "Hey, we'll give you a ride wherever you want to go. Just get in the back seat and drink this thing," <laughs> like. That's what I keep. I keep walking. It's basically a rape van, except with <laughs> yes. women. Yes. Uh, so there's your there's your sperm story to end all sperm stories. Uh, getting back to the fact that you don't have any children. Uh, if you have a child, I know you probably want to raise them genderless or cross cross gender. <laughs> uh, this is a, as far as I can tell. This is a, ma- a massive national phenomenon in about three zip codes in the entire country. It's it's uh, it lines up identically with the zip codes that like Lena Dunham. It's a real status symbol. Look how progressive I am. Let me tout uh, my child around to the uh, get-togethers, the, the backyard catered barbecues or what have you. And uh, let me let me prove how open-minded I am. Exhibit A, my son is wearing a skirt. <laughs> yes, yes. Way to go. Yeah, I think it started with, like, I think the first one was probably Will Smith's kid. Mm-hmm. Was like wearing skirts to high school. Was wearing, like, skirts to high school. And thought he was, like, the first guy that thought of that, too. Yes, yeah. Well, he was... The first guy at Hidden Hills at Hidden Hills Scientology <laughs> School to think of it. Like you ever heard of David Bowie? <laughs> I know. Fucking the androgyny thing, but but I think everyone like that was like done for uh, like a gay. That was like a gay tease thing, right? This the, is this is seen as more of a gender, not a sexuality thing, but a gender thing, mm-hmm. which is like there are. I think the David Bowie like Mick Jagger shit in the seventies was more like you know gay. Like it doesn't matter if you're gay, gay or straight, the same. Right. This is more of like a weird, which is you know fine because that's actually sending a sort of semi-positive social message. This is more of an anatomical, biological, anthropological message, which is gender is meaningless, which in fact isn't true. <laughs> isn't true. Isn't the least bit true. The message I get out of it is my parents have way too much money well, uh, yes. in their clothing budget. Yes, this falls under the category of uh, rich white women. I think are ruining this country. Yeah, because so. they seem to have they seem to be vehemently behind social causes. That no, like, sane, rational working woman would be would ever be behind or have the time for. So, Lee Schreiber, uh, big Jew, let's call him big Jew. Uh, he divorced. Uh, well, actually, he was never married to Naomi Watts, but they were together for about ten years. The actress, 
They had two boys. Um, who, who they both changed their names. Like, they choose their middle names or whatever names to, like, more effeminate-sounding names, which was sort of a tip-off to begin with. Uh-huh. So, like, their son Alexander became Sasha. Uh-huh. And uh, there was this, the second son became Kai, K-A-I. So very gender-neutral, very sort of gender-neutral names, which weren't actually their birth names. So this weekend at Comic-Con, Lee Shriver shows up, and his 8-year-old son, Kai, is dressed as Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. And I know you're not a comic book fanboy, and I'm not a comic book fanboy either, but I, did, I was forced to watch a Suicide Girls movie. So I know Harley Quinn is a psychotic slut, <laughs> a psychotic suicidal slut who, re- who wears like very revealing clothes. It was played by Margot Robbie in the movie. She's in like it's extremely tight short shorts. She has no top. powers, right? She's just kind of an annoying sort of nihilist slut. Right? Yes, she is like she's psycho- She's psychotically like smart. She's, she's like, like a, genius. a tweaker, like a ratchety kind of like hood rat, but like a genius who like knows exactly how to get what she wants. It's like a chick that was molested she carries a, she by carries, her dad. It's weird because she carries a baseball bat. And she seems to beat up much guys much bigger than her. Just because she's a slutty girl, slutty girl with a baseball bat, mm-hmm. so it's kind of odd. She'll beat like a beat, beat up big armed guys like in the stories, even though she's not super strong. Well, she has no super strength. I wouldn't want to fight a slut with a baseball bat if I didn't have a weapon. I mean, a baseball bat's a pretty legit weapon. If you're going to battle, I think although you could not in the comic book world, so <laughs> no, much. no, it's not like a flame throwing baseball bat or like a <laughs> destroyer of worlds baseball bat. It's just actually literally a, a baseball of truth. No, it's just a baseball bat. Um, so she's like the sluttiest. She is actually the sluttiest female character in the comic universe. And so his kid, eight-year-old kid, comes dressed as Harley Quinn. And like you saw the picture, it looks like a girl. First of all, it looks like a girl. The boy. Yeah. He's not. He's. It's not like funny. It's not like a funny, a funny sort of satirical look at Harley Quinn. A boy dressed as Harley Quinn. It's not like you going as Harley Quinn to a Halloween party. It's like a passable. It's like a boy it's, Yeah, they put a, a lot of time and effort and money into the and costume. It, they put a lot of time money in the costume, the makeup. The kid's got a wig on that fits him perfectly. He's wearing super tight short shorts, ripped pantyhose. The whole thing with the whole Harley Quinn thing, which is kind of weird. And they just, the news just kind of goes like, well, one son was dressed as a Jedi. Well, the other son came as Harley, as Harley so Quinn. So what are the laws of, because you probably know this, of child pornography? The photo I saw, it cut off right above his Daisy Dukes. Cause oh, I, no, you should have seen the full, you should seen the full photo. Like, someone was like, ah, we don't want to go No, I, I did that for you, just to save you. <laughs> there actually is a full photo of them. And it's not like, he's not showing, his genitals aren't showing anything like that. But it is like, you would never see, like if someone dresses their daughter like that, let alone their son dressed as a girl, they would be thrown out of anywhere, asked to leave, right? You couldn't bring your eight-year-old daughter in, like, tight short shorts and a rip pantyhose to a party or to an event, and people not go, like, that's inappropriate. Right. Like, to dress your eight-year-old daughter as a slut is, like, super inappropriate outside of pageant world. Uh, but to dress your son as it is apparently empowering and it's enlightened and very virtuous. Very <laughs> virtuous. And... Uh, and so I sent you that study on that from that uh, the doctor who's like the head. She wrote a big article as much. She's the head of the. She's got some legitimacy. She's the head of the American Pediatric Society, so she's not a nobody. Let's say that she has more medical knowledge than Lee Schreiber and Naomi Watts. <laughs> and she's talking about how horrible this is for kids. And we've seen this like with the uh, uh, Angelina Jolie is raising her son, her daughter as a boy. And they said how op- how great and enlightened this is, and the boys are picking their gender. We're seeing more and more stories. And again, they are. Sort of anecdotal stories. It's not like a rage across the country. But for rich celebrities, it's becoming a rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the ones that sort of get all the news. Uh, and the doctor said, no, this is like really bad for the kids. Not just the actual psychological damage, but some of the parents that are indulging the kids to start taking like 
puberty blockers and cross horm- cross gender hormones at the ages or as early as nine or ten years old. Mm-hmm. Like before they're anything, and the doctor's like a kid at nine or ten, let alone this kid at eight. They have no concept of the reality of gender. Which, by the way, there's no science saying there is not just two genders. The gender is not a thing. I mean, there's, there's literally no science behind this whatsoever. But the fact is that the, the kids don't, when you ask like a seven-year-old kid who wants, who's a boy and wants to be a girl, they don't understand like the complex reality of that. Right. To them, it's just dress up. Right, right. It's a complete magical experience for them. It's just a fantasy experience. Yeah, that would be like saying if, if you want to be Harley Quinn for, like, I want to be Harley Quinn. All right, well, then we'll just get the mascara tattooed onto your face and the eyeshadow will tattoo yes, that yes. permanently onto your face. Yes. And now you're uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, if your kid wanted to be like, the Hulk for Halloween. You're like, cool. He wants to be the Hulk for 365 days a year. You're like, no. You're not going. Yeah. You're not wearing. You're not paying you green every fucking morning. Yeah, we're not going to give you a supplement that turns your skin <laughs> green. No. But this huge thing of like changing a boy into a girl at the age of eight is seen as like, like you said, it's a virtue. It's, it's a massive virtue. It's like the virtue signal and all virtue signals because you've literally changed the gender of your child, and then you say it's your child's choice. Well, what? Who the fuck parent listens to their kid at eight what they want what they want to do? Did your parents indulge you at eight to do whatever the fuck you wanted to do? I mean, no, like, I, dude, I thought I thought I was going to play in the NBA until I was like uh, fifteen or sixteen, and I think my dad said, "Well, no, you're not even good in high school, <laughs> so you, you're not going to be able to do that." Uh, but what? Yeah, would would they have said? Okay, well, you're going to drop out of school and you're just going to start training, right. and uh, you know you'll just do that, and uh, we'll, it would have been completely irresponsible. And that, and also that's reversible, by the way. Like you're fucking with their physiology yeah, at, you're, at such you're, a young age. It turns out I didn't I didn't realize this, but it turns out you're sterilizing them. Uh, because you can't go back from this when you're well, a boy. That's fine. Yeah, well, they probably shouldn't have kids at that point. But it's it's the ultimate indulgence, you know. When I was eight, and I asked my dad for a comic book. He'd he'd make me argue for it for twenty minutes. <laughs> like, do you need the comic book? I was like, how much is it? Twenty five cents or fifty cents? Like, hey, that, nah, I don't think you need it. Like, how about if I just turn into a comic book character and become a girl, <laughs> and you pay for all this shit, and uh, I'm eight? <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds well, good. Not, not to mention, uh, aside from the like acute uh, problems with. You know that you're going to have developmentally, like you're, oh, yeah. you're going to turn into a, probably a strange-looking person. Uh, there's no long-term studies on zero. how this could affect your zero. health zero when you're fucking term. with the endocrine system and whatnot. No, there are zero long-term studies, and I think when they do have long-term studies, they're going to show a massive amount of, of issues. Well, certainly psychological, but I'm, I'm talking just physical, like physical, psychological. I mean, the just the fact that you're like a hairless, uh, androgynous, whatever you are, yeah. and it's like this is the thing I always ask. This is like the sanity question I ask, like. Would, like, a single, you know, struggling working mom say yes to this? That's who I kind of look to as my, as my, like, guidance. Like, imagine, like, a struggling mom working three jobs and her, her boy goes, you know, mom, I want to be a girl now. Can you start buying me dresses and buying me makeup and I'm going to go to school as a girl? And the mom's like, slap. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, there's no way. This is the ultimate indulgence to your child to change genders at age eight. And it's like half, I think it's half, like you said, it's just the, the parents peacocking the kid around is like, look, we're, we're so progressive. We've actually like sterilized and mutilated our child at age eight. That's how progressive we are. And it's half the kid who's eight. Kids ask for all sorts of fucking shit when they're eight years old. And the parent's yeah. job is to say no. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's child abuse. It's, it's neglect and, it, and it's child abuse. I mean, fuck, have you ever talked to an eight year old kid? A nine-year-old kid, they, they, 
they believe in Santa still. They believe in all sorts of weird shit. And if they're growing up in Lee Schreiber's house, God knows what they fucking believe. <laughs> but but some weird stuff. I mean, yeah, they believe in uh, believe in the religion. They believe in all the stuff. They believe in it's a the, the doctor put it. I think the doctor in the article put it really well, which is like kids until the age of ten, at least ten or eleven, live in a very magical in a magical reality. They don't know the difference between reality and fantasy. It's just not clear to them yet. Which is why we don't let eight-year-olds live on their own in apartments and have jobs and drive cars. Yeah. <laughs> because, or go to war or drink beer or smoke cigarettes or get tattoos. Well, you can tell an 11-year-old kid, like, you know, if you don't pray at this specific time every night, uh, Jesus is going to kill you in your sleep. Yes. And they would believe you up until, I don't know, depending on the person. Like, you don't fully develop as a male until you're, like, 24. Yeah. Um, and even as a kid, I mean, we have laws that you can't have sex till you're 18 or you can't go to war till you're 18. Can't get a tattoo till you're 18 or smoke till you're 18 because we sort of recognize that at that age, you're underage, you're just not able to make those adult decisions. Yeah. And eight, you certainly can't make those decisions. So you count your parents, and if your parents are looking to turn you into an experiment to be get pats on the back at parties, that's like someone's got to step into this shit and cut this stuff off. I can't, I can't believe it's legal, and I can't believe any doctor would... By the way, all these celebrities, like Liev Schreiber's obviously dropping testosterone on a regular... You know, he's yes. got a guy that yes. deals in hormones. Yes. Um, I can't believe that this is legal and that a doctor would not lose his license immediately for well, this is giving like, a child. I compare this to the anti-vaccination crowd, which is like, when you look at the numbers nationwide, it's like, after Jenny McCarthy, whatever, it's like one half of 1%, some fringe believe in this. But in like Santa Barbara County, where it's all upscale white, it's like 40%. Yeah. It's just this weird, wacky, rich white person thing where they just have like, I don't know what it is. They like have a loss. It's just, I think, here's what I think it comes down to. I think people have found it very difficult in that demographic to be noble about anything. Like there's no nobility anymore. Like there's like being poor is noble. There's some nobility in struggling to come on up. There's some nobility in working hard. There's some nobility in doing all this shit. But you're kind of like a rich white person. It's really hard to latch on to something that makes you look noble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're Bill Gates, you do something great. Like you stop malaria in Africa, right? But for these people who don't really want to put out that much, you just turn your boy son into a daughter. And all of a sudden you're like the toast of the town. Or you go out on like a, mar- you go on like a march on Washington and, hold- and make a speech about, you know, your abortions or something like that. It's just like they're mar- very, they're finding very marginal things. They, there's really, they don't go to war. They don't do amazing things. They don't do tremendous things for their country, their neighborhoods anymore. So they make their kids, they cross gender their kids. Well, look, I'm I'm pretty progressive. I mean, if if I honestly, so if I had a kid and I I wouldn't start pushing it on them, which I think happens quite a bit. Like, uh, you know, they open their dresser, it's all pink, uh, you know, tidy whities yeah, and right. pink fucking shirts and whatnot. <laughs> Like, maybe, you know, I'd probably just provide them what would get them made fun of the least. Like, just a, your standard, you know, little polo shirt and shorts. But, you know, if the kid said, I want to wear a dress, I'd be like, eh, eh, whatever, fuck it, I don't care. You know, if I was in L.A., if I was in... If really, I you'd let your son go to school in a dress? I would have to size up the school. I mean, make sure he wouldn't get his ass oh, kicked. Oh, wow, man. You're like you're like one Stephen Lee Shriver. No, I just You're one care. testosterone jar away from You, you can always look back. Remember that... A couple of weeks where you wore a dress, hey, you fucking idiot. That's uh, hilarious. It's like you know that that time you wore a necklace or yeah, cowboy when boots. three or four, man. I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of a weird. It's kind of a, a. It's a stigma, and b. It's like where you're. So we, we talked about this before the show started. Like I, I I grew up in San Francisco, so it was one of those progressive and gay progressive areas in the entire country. Mm-hmm. But we still had nobody openly gay in high school. There were no nobody's nobody was out in high school. And the reason they weren't out in high school was because it was a multicultural, multiracial, multi demographic school. 
And there have been a lot of people that would have been very uncomfortable with gay people in school. Mm-hmm. And they probably would have got harassed and or who knows, who knows what would have happened. So the, whatever, the natural 3 or 4% of the people who were gay in school just were on the down low, right? They didn't come out in high school. And I thought, like, okay, that was probably a little bit of a burden for them, but not like a huge burden for them. I had trouble getting laid in high school. It was just enough as a straight guy. Well, this is San Francisco, so they could go get sucked off in the Castro. Yeah, but if they were 14 or 15, they're probably not looking to do that necessarily. But in terms of, like, wearing rainbow shirts and being proud to be gay T-shirts and dresses and stuff to school, mm-hmm. they weren't going to do that because there just would have been there would have been such a stigma against them, even in this very progressive area. But when they're 18, they got to go off to college and leave home and go be as gay as they fucking wanted to be for the rest of their lives. And I think everyone kind of understood that was a social contract, which is like, okay, I got to put up with this till I'm 18, but then I get to be whoever the fuck I want. And it seemed to work pretty well. Now I think we've like, and that wasn't that long ago, the pendulum has swung where like, now by six or eight, you should be wearing like cross-dressing, you should be tranny, you should be getting hormones, and everyone has to accept you because you're the progressive enlightened one. Mm-hmm. Even though, by the way, the, the kids who were gay in high school were actually biologically gay. Right, and there was science. There is science behind people being gay, whereas there's no science in this. There, no genders exist, kind of thing. No, it's merely theoretical, I believe. It's a, there has not been a single study showing uh, outside of psychology that there's any biological anthropological evidence for gender neutrality or gender or being born. It's a, this idea that people are born the wrong gender is a completely psychological. It's completely psychological. There's no evidence otherwise of it. They've done tests. There's no sort of thing they can point to in the DNA or genetics or anything that shows that they're any different than anybody what else. else. I mean, what else could it be besides psychological? Well, there's intersex. We talk about the intersex kids who are born with two, multiple genitals. Oh, right, right. But I mean, if you just are a biologically a, a man and you believe you're a woman, that there's no... Well, maybe someday they'll find, like, your body secretes some weird enzyme that nobody else has and whatever, whatever makes you feel that way. But as of now, there's zero science behind well, it. So if all- you, there's really nothing you can do about it. Like... Even if you feel that way, it's not like they can. Uh, you can become a, a woman in the physiological sense. You can't have a functioning uterus or ovaries. No, or but if they had, say, in the 20, 30 years in the future, 50 years, they can identify this thing. Then they could raise a kid from birth as the, as the, the right gender or whatever, I guess. Well, that would be one thing, and that would be quite a bit different from what's happening now. Harley, Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn the Comic Con. <laughs> it's just it's such a bizarre choice. And then the fact is, I don't know what bothered me more, the fact that Lee Schreiber... If he had made a big statement about gender neutrality and let it, allowing your kids to pick their own gender, that would have bothered me to some extent. But the fact that he didn't even address it at all and pretended like it was nothing made me even angrier. Because yeah. they were just kind of like, all right, come on, Harley. Like, Harley like, and everyone's staring, and he's just like, whatever, what's going on? Why do you look, what are people looking at? This is, this is odd. Why are you staring at my son? <laughs> yeah. W- was he at Comic-Con to promote something, or he just went? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Matt. He was. He's going to be in My Little Pony. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Uh, Lee Schreiber is going to do a voice in My Little Pony. So uh, mm. <laughs> he, he said he said he went to, before he decided to do My Little Pony, he asked his two boys whether or not uh, they liked My Little Pony. Let me tell you, I can tell you the answer before. <laughs> you mean your son dressed as a girl? Yes, I'm guessing he liked My Little Pony. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the pause. I, I honestly think I, we're not the only ones calling for us, but there's got to be some child protective services stepping in here at some point and saying, like, Look, there's a lot as parents. You can you have a lot of leeway as parents, but you can't necessarily dress your eight year old as a slutty chick. Even if it's a girl, you can't do this. But let alone a boy, you can't just and you can't start giving them fucking hormones and puberty blockers 
without some sort of medical evidence behind this. And because, the medical board's got to get on that, too. I mean, that's well, insane. They stepped in with the vaccines. They said, you, you know, if you want to keep your kid unvaccinated, you've got to keep them at home. You cannot bring them to schools anymore. And there was an outrage about that by the Santa Barbara parents. But it's like, they're like, this is a health issue. You're going to give people fucking smallpox and shit. You can't do that. If you want to put your own kid at risk, that's fine. There's a myth that rich people are more intelligent than that there aren't rich people out there that are dumb as shit, right? Because you can look at the, uh, you know, the herd numbers or whatever, like it, the scientific aspect of this, of, of uh, vaccinations is, is pretty easy to digest, yes. let alone just looking around and noticing that there are outbreaks happening because of what you're refusing to do. Uh, how- it's, it's just that I think to me it's like, hey, how did you make your money? Like, did you make your money easy? Did you make your money by being pretty? Mm-hmm. And, and, and catching a couple of breaks and acting? Or did you, like, build a fucking auto-hauling business from, from, the, from scratch and have to fucking deal with Teamsters and build shit up and get out there on your ass at 3 in the morning to fucking get shit out of the mud and stuff like that? That's one thing. The other is, like, I got paid a million dollars to be in King Kong, <laughs> you know? I think when money comes easy, it's, it's not a sign of serve intelligence. There's, a, there's no scrape. There's right. no scrape. There's it's no, no different scrape. than some guy in a trailer winning a lottery. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. Same as that. And I also think once you get to be rich like that, you sort of, and especially if you're like Lee, I don't know Naomi Watts' background so much, but Lee Schreiber, I told you before the show, his parents were actually like artsy communists, weird, like, you know, meditation, socialist kind of weird crap. Mm-hmm. So a very, like, sort of like, sort of like change the world through prayer and through chanting and kind of crap like that. And I think when you become like a rich, super rich guy like uh, Lee Schreiber, you kind of like, what am I doing? Like, what's my value in this world? Mm-hmm. You lose that because most people have to work really hard. And so they don't have time to think about that shit. And they think like, what are you doing this week? I'm trying to fucking pay the rent. Mm-hmm. When that, all that stuff's covered, you find like weird shit. To, either you get into like drugs and hookers or chicks or buying sports cars or houses. And if you're not materialistic, what do you do? You look for ways to like present your nobility to the world. So you get into all these weird social, you get into all these, like pushing these social progressive causes, like anti-vaccination or gen- gender. Gender is just a, a fucking myth, kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. I wonder if with Schreiber too, just completely know nothing about what I'm talking about, but that he was raised in this sort of weird alternative environment, which you know often lends itself to like sexual abuse. Any anytime you're like oh, on a compound, oh, ding ding ding. Anytime there's a <laughs> compound involved. You know, there's probably some some underage, uh, some some touching going on at least. So I, I wonder if this is him sort of, uh, I don't know, somehow dealing with that by dressing his son up as a slut. This definitely runs in family. It definitely runs in yeah, like a female, like a cross gender tranny slut. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's just it's just something like you. I think this is the thing. Like you said, like if you dress your kid like in, in kindergarten in a dress, you'd laugh at him someday about it. Mm-hmm. He's not laughing at this. He thinks this is really a good thing. There's no self-awareness whatsoever to, like, the fact... Like, that's the fact that he didn't, like, laugh and go, like, ah, my son, what are you going to do? Like, it was just, like, very matter-of-fact about the fact his son's dressed like an eight-year-old slut, girl slut. <laughs> just, like, rip, rip, rip stockings and, like, fuck me now, fuck me pumps and, like, short shorts. And you like, know he has no cool friends because, like... No. Imagine your dad's friends, if he did that to you, I feel like they'd take him outside and be like, yo, what, uh, are you on drugs? Yes. What's going on? Uh... You might get punched or well, you, something. You definitely kick him out of your poker club, out of your poker For group. sure. There's no way you want that guy around. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a very, I'm very liber- extremely libertarian lean. I think parents, like, let parents raise their kids they want. I don't want someone to stop me from spanking my kid or disciplining my kid the way I want or, like, 
deciding you know, where they should go to school, how hard they should work, or shit like that. But there's got to be some level of which it crosses into abuse. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like, in the very least, the start of drugs and medications is where it gets into abuse. And, and or any sort of permanent dis, permanent disfigurement like tattoos or things this like is, that. Th- I'd say this is walking the line. I mean, if he starts dressing up as, you know, the stripper from the Blue Iguana, uh, <laughs> yes. then, you know, seriously, I mean, th- this is really towing the line with this slut outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty bad. And the, the kid, for, I mean, the poor fucking kid, that kid's got, and again, like we t- because they're rich white people, let's pick on them, the kid has his future locked no matter what. He's not going to struggle for to, to get things together when he's older. I mean, in terms of financially, so they don't have to worry about him getting a job when he gets older or getting to the right school or all that kind of crap. That's a huge fucking indulgence you have for a child when you know when he's, he's twenty five, he's going to be living in a condo, driving a Beamer, no matter what. It is interesting the idea of privilege too, because this was in San Diego, I, I, I guess. But yes. assume he does this uh, all. The, if there was some poor family in San Diego whose kid walked around the trailer park in, uh, in Daisy Dukes, I, I feel like the kid might have a chance of being taken away. I think uh, he would be taken away and or sodomized on a regular, <laughs> on a regular basis. Well, that, obviously. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you, MTV, is, uh, I know you watch the VMAs. You have a host, you usually have a big party that night for the MTV VMAs. <laughs> Uh, they kind of it kind of peaked for me when uh, uh, what's his name uh, Thick Robin Thick uh, virtually fucked uh, Miley Cyrus in the ass on, when she was twerking on stage a few years ago. That's when I realized that music, pop music wasn't for me anymore. Wearing uh, a, a very bizarre suit, by the way. Both of them had weird outfits. I guess that's the whole thing: is people wear weird outfits, right? He wear well. He wears a vest. He always wears like a silk vest. Which, if you weren't Robin Thick, would just be the gayest thing ever. But I guess because he fucks a lot of models, it's like you can get away with it. And she was just wearing, she was actually wearing what uh, Lee Schreiber's son was wearing, basically. Uh, uh, that, the son filled it out a little better, that's I, probably might, true. I might add. That's when I realized I want my music and my porn to be separate. I don't want the two to mix. <laughs> this makes me very uncomfortable, especially when it's music for 12-year-old girls. It makes me super uncomfortable. So MTV said a big thing this year. When their movie awards, they decided to go genderless. Speaking of the, the Shriver story. Oh, man. Yes. That should generate some headlines. Yes. How revolutionary. That was uh, so Emma Watson won, if you, don't, if you might recall. And Emma Watson won the first genderless acting category for Beauty and the Beast. I think it was for Beauty and the Beast. And she, uh, she praised MTV for their forward thinking, uh, progressive thinking. And she was handed the award by an androgynous actor. So, mm-hmm. and uh, in, the, in the non-gender specific acting, acting category. And it was really a great moment. It really a if great MTV moment. is so forward thinking, how come all of their programming is utter trash? Uh, utter trash, socially dysfunctional, drug addicted, pregnant uh, teenagers. Yeah, is, isn't pregnant sixteen and pregnant or something like that? Isn't that on MTV? Yeah, sixteen and pregnant is basically every single show they have is called. So they're 16. exploiting trash, like trashy people. Oh, it's are... completely all all of the, outside of the, maybe Disney. Which is basically made up entirely of, uh, I think, tranny executives. <laughs> I believe every corporate, like Viacom, every corporate uh, place that puts on like a progressive thing is just, just fake. Right. It's just, it's just, it's virtue signaling, but not because they're actually virtue. They wanted those virtues. It's because they just want to be seen. They think that's what they're supposed to do. Right. So you know, like Time Warner, Viacom, they all have like diversity chief diversity officers now, who are basically get bonus financial bonuses based on how many like virtue signaling opportunities they can create during the year. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. Like, if they can, like... Oh, they come up with the MTV No Gender Acting Awards. They get, like, a $150,000 bump. Right, like, right. It, it, literally, that's what their whole goal is to come up with shit like that. Uh, so MTV is scrapping gender for the VMAs now coming up in a few weeks. 
Video Music Awards. And at first I got really upset, just like we just last, like we were here the last few minutes thinking about how stupid this gender shit is. But then I thought, like, actually, uh, isn't that actually right? I mean, why should there be gender? This actually is the first one that actually makes sense. Why should there be gender categories for music? So, yeah, it's like best musical performance, best musical artist. Best rap album, best pop album, best whatever, you know. Yeah, why would, I mean, women have, actually in music, pop music, certainly have a distinct advantage mm-hmm. over men and that the audience buys much more heavily from female female musicians and artists than they do from male. Mm-hmm. All 80 to 90% of the top selling artists are female in that category. Rap is probably the exact opposite. Right. But why should you have gender categories in music? This is unlike sports, where we have to watch the WNBA and pretend that ten- women's tennis is as good as men's tennis. Uh, this is actually a thing where there's a completely equal playing field. Anyone could be a crappy singer. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, but I feel like they're going to have to, you know, do some work to make sure it comes out pretty even. Like they're not going to have. They probably, in, in in a rare instance, then men will probably get some sort of preferential treatment because I, I would assume they're going to make it. Six out of ten, or five, you know, five, five, five on each side, or something like that. They did. I think I saw it was like two and two. They did two and two for the big categories. Right. So clearly, yeah, they're not going to have. Well, I would say this: they're certainly not going to. And, and it, like you mentioned, the Oscars will probably move to this, and other awards move to this, because now that MTV's done it, you can't be behind MTV progressively. <laughs> that will look bad. Uh, it, now that they've done it, but yeah, they're not going to have the category fill up by just guys. It can't be gender free and just be just guys, even if that's that's the merit of it. Because they would get slammed for that, right? Mm-hmm. So once you open, once you open up to the fact that it's going to be gender neutral, you've got to have at least at least half women, if not more than half women, right? And, and probably half men too. I mean, I, I think if the Academy Awards uh, say they nominate ten actors, if they were nine women, I think, I think. People no. might have a problem with that, but really? maybe not. That might actually be applauded and you and, and I would have a problem with that. But who, who in Hollywood is going to speak up against that? Actually, I think it would it would be like this is great. Yes, uh, we're we're really making progress here. And by the way, maybe nine of the best uh, performances were from women. Then that would be fine. But are you saying that with a straight face? Maybe they weren't. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> but if they're going to do that, then you know the next thing that that we still have this uh, double standard. Then the ESPYS. No, no best female athlete, best athlete. Men won, wins every time. Uh, except uh, you're talking about the ESPYS, so exactly the opposite would happen, which is they'd have to give it to a woman every time. There, if they but had, people aren't people are willing to suspend disbelief to a degree, but no one would go for that. It would just be Serena Williams every year. If they give it to Serena Williams every year, her husband would pick her up with her with her baby. They produce somehow through sort of. If Serena Williams won over LeBron James, even some of the more like libtardy people would be like, no, this is just this is ridiculous. No, they want they would explain away why the category is much more than just how <laughs> who can dunk the who can jump the highest or shit like that. I don't know. I, I actually, I actually, I don't want to applaud MTV because uh, every every decision these companies make is completely cynical. But I think actually it's time to get rid. Of, if we're going to have gender equality, you know, I've talked about this before. It can't be gender equality, but women also get favoritism. Right. It can't be where like we want equality in the workplace but women also get these 20 exceptions. <laughs> these other 20 rules, the other 20 rules. So like paternity leave, I'm I'm all I'm never having a kid again, but I'm all for paternity leave. Mm-hmm. If the moms are getting maternity leave the, the and the whole thing is stupid anyhow, then the guys should get paternity leave as well. I why should the, you know, why should the women get special whatever treatments? Well, I figured it was cuz the woman had to physically recover from uh from giving yeah, birth. I've seen caveman movies. They get, they get over that shit pretty, <laughs> that shit pretty but fast. But that should only be a couple of weeks, right? At most. Yeah, some of these companies are giving like three months, six months, a year. One company is giving a year out for maternity and paternity leave. It's almost like it, it's almost like the companies made the babies. 
kind of a weird thing. Now, now the disenfranchised people are the, are the childless people. Do you have to crap. Um, prove that you had the baby? Like, do they ask you for the birth certificate when you take this leave? I would imagine no. Like a scar, like in your perineum scar, <laughs> scars, like the afterbirth, the placenta must be. No, they would be sued for that shit. No, they just. No, I mean if you're a guy. Oh, uh, I don't know. You mean are you going to fake it somewhere? Yeah. First, you got to get a real job. You got to get a real corporate job. Yeah, I can work there for a couple of weeks and then take a year off. Uh, that's exactly what I do. The, the ki- people that aren't having kids are now being disenfranchised at work. You get shit. If you don't have kids, you get you get shit. You can use your kids as an excuse for so much in this world. I feel like sick dog is up there, but how long can you keep that going? Uh, a sick rescue dog, maybe. It would, be, it would have to be a rescue dog. Sick rescue dog with AIDS. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was also that you were raising cross-gender. Who <laughs> 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 are sick. Hi, Matt. I'm going to move immediately on to an email from Amy about ESPN. And her question is, how badly does ESPN want out of the sports writing business? And how many more happy lesbian couple lesbian stories are coming? So ESPN, just a week, I don't know if you remember this, but six weeks ago, ESPN ran an inter- a third-party survey. They, survey. they hired a survey company to survey their fans to see if this whole thing about how their progressive, liberal, social bias are entering into their news, news coverage was really causing people to drop their service. Oh, really? I didn't know Yeah, that. They, actually, they actually hired a real, uh, real survey firm, third-party, didn't touch it, and they, they ran a survey, and they found that it only affected 20% of people, which I thought was pretty bad, but they, they tried to frame it as like, it's only 20% of the... Wait, like, so they're annoying the shit out of 20% of their audience. Yes. Okay. Well, 20% of the people were said they were annoyed by the fact that they were clearly a liberal bias and, and moved towards liberal news in and, and the sports 20% conference. of people who watch ESPN. Yes. Okay. So, and they were trying to say, like, look, it's not overwhelming. It's not like it's just 20%. I'm like, well, that's a lot of people if you're in the fucking TV business. Yeah, I think you would want to gain 20% of an yes. audience than lose 20%. But I think it's pretty clear that you know ESPN is owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. So Disney controls ESPN, basically. And ESPN, this is after ESPN went through all the layoffs. They're losing money, and their number, subscriber base is dropping fairly. You know, They have a huge subscriber base, so it's not going away anytime soon. But it dropped like 10 million people or so mm-hmm. in the last few years. And, you know, they're spe- the, 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 you know, the... The right-wingers, or at least a lot of people are spinning as like, this is because of their liberal bias or being hurt. And ESPN and Disney want to desperately say, no, it has nothing to do with that. Nor do we actually cover, are we doing that? And this went back to like, when they fired Kurt Schilling for being an outspoken, or whatever, right-winger, Republican. And then the whole thing with Caitlyn Jenner winning the Arthur Ashe Award. And a bunch of other, cap, covering Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter as a sports as a sports story. And all this sort of, you know, much more progressive stuff. It seemed... I'm fairly objective. It seemed to me they were definitely doing all that stuff. A lot of the Serena Williams. A lot of Serena stuff. Williams is amazing crap, and yeah. like behind the scenes, of Serena is like Serena Williams. It's really hot, beautiful. It, well, yeah, and also how tough it is for an athlete and women's the gender pay gap in tennis and all sorts of stuff. And even if you like, first of all, a lot of you, a lot of us would think like that's not even sports news. Like we wanted that's not to us that's not sports news. Like I don't even want to know. Like I was thinking like even LeBron or Steph Curry. I don't care what they do at home. Right, that's not to me. That's not sports news. Mm-hmm. That's life sports lifestyle news. That's lifestyle. That's as much as TMZ Sports is about sports. Which is anytime a black athlete gets arrested, <laughs> that's TMZ Sports. It's kind of a profile like lifestyles of the rich and famous. Maybe they'll. I, I don't. Do they do stories like that? No. It's that's well, they are now, but that's like, but it's usually on these on these slant on the progressive slants. They're not like uh, 
LeBron James occasionally, you know, fucks a whore and hangs no. out. No, like if, if there was like a Paralympic guy who overcame like losing limbs and won something, I'd want to read about that, right? Yeah. To me, that's an inspiring sports story. But here's the article they ran this week: Sue Bird and Megan Rapino are cup are our couples goals. Couples goals. Couples goals is this thing like women's blogs use to like because they can't use the grammatically correct language because that would be seen as like uh, too male focused. So somehow. Somehow women's blogs and women, writing for women has become infantilized and improper grammar and short-form acronyms, LOLs, all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Like text, text writing for like middle schoolers has become what, how they sell stuff to women now in terms of editorial. I find it very humiliating. Because well, it's from the point of view of a, ch- a chick who's uh, just sort of free-balling it, not real concerned. Uh, yeah, but, like, it's a very, like, chummy, it's a very chummy, like, girl school sorority-speak kind of thing. Yeah, it's, like, casual. It's so casual that I'm going to do a lot of LOLs and shit that really shouldn't be published. In Leave a, the verbs out of my sentences and stuff like that. Site. We We can't get enough of her. It's always we. It's always in the collective. Mm-hmm. It just seems like something, if, if you had a middle school newspaper and you were writing about Justin Bieber, it would be like that. Yeah. It was just very odd for like thirty-year-old women to be reading stuff like this, but uh, I, I think it's very it really is like you know women. The whole thing about feminists—they don't be treated like girls. This is definitely girls' language. But it was Megan Rapino and Sue Bird after Sue Bird announced she's gay. Our couple's goals. And a feature story on ESPN. I'm thinking like, what the fuck, what the fuck is that doing <laughs> on ESPN? First of all, they don't do couples and sports stories. We don't know about like they may be doing some Steph Curry and his wife shit after the after the championship win, like with their baby or whatever. Simply because they want to have their 45th, 46th, and 47th story of the evening about Steph Curry. Right. Because he's trending so huge on, on the internet. But they're not going to go out and do a special feature on that. They're not going to write couples goals. So like that. They clearly picked the lesbian couple. Who everyone, by the way, they're so- female soccer player and female basketball player. So everyone knew they're lesbians. And the big story was, by the way, they attend each other's games to show support for one another. Unlike a heterosexual couple would ever do. <laughs> you know? Like, and then there was like 150 words with like cute pictures of them. Yeah, it said uh, sports newest power couple or hottest power couple, and I was thinking because female athletes uh, not not often real attractive outside of tennis, um, there aren't really any sports power couples. It's not like LeBron James is banging Serena Williams or. Uh, no, there's usually it's one person is the, is the powerful person. The other person is big in some other like industry or maybe or something like that. Or working. But this said sports ins- insinuating two athletes. The only one I could think of was Tiger Woods and Lindsey Vaughn. Well, because typically they have to be heterosexual couples, so they have to be the woman would have to be big in female sports, right? And usually, women who are big in female sports are lesbian, lesbians or big muscular women, right? Who aren't attractive. Well, so I just thought they should like they were acting like it was a thing, and I'm like, this isn't no. a thing. No, you're you're just acting like this is a, a known thing that people talk about. Oh yeah, sports power couples, yes. you know, Patrick Ewing and fucking <laughs> like if Pac- Patrick Ewing had married Marina Charles- Navratilova, <laughs> yes, Martina. <laughs> She also also a lesbian. Uh, they clearly picked the lesbian couple because a lesbian story was there, and they made it a power couple thing. This could have been easily in a gay magazine or a celebrity magazine or you know a Teen Vogue or something like that. It's in ESPN. Uh, and here's the thing: is ES, there's, I read a story last night just coincidentally on this site called The Athletic. Have you seen this? No. It's The Athletic is going to do just sports stuff. They're going to do. It's a really smart idea. They're going to do local sports, so it's a national company, but they're going to really. 
really uh, uh, you know bore down into like your local favorite sports teams mm-hmm. and do just experts. They're hiring a lot of the ex-ESPN writers, the good ones who got fired. And they're going to do just like you can pick. Like if you're a Seattle sports fan, you can read all about Seattle sports expert analysis from guys writing long form content, and you're going to pay for it every month. Like, but no advertising, and they're actually doing really well. And it's because people want to see sports. They want to read actual sports coverage. Right. It's not that they hate lesbians or they hate Sue Bird or Megan Rapinoe. It's just they don't want to open ESPN and see couples goals, lesbian couples goals, <laughs> and their sports coverage. They want to read about the fucking Seahawks and who they drafted and where they're going to fit in the line and how they're going to, you know, if they're going to compete in the, in, in the West this year, you know, and they want to read an in-depth article about that. Is it ESPN just like, is it Disney corporate like pushing ESPN's, is it, is it like a suicidal mission of sorts where they're just going to like push this agenda so far they're, going to, they're actually willing to lose money over it? I, get, I think so because they're making it not fun because I think the, the thing about Sports Center is it's sort of escapist. You know, you yeah. watch the highlights or whatever and, and you don't want to have to think about any bullshit or whatever. And, you know, and it's a guy thing. Like, it should be body. It should be, you know, they should be cracking dirty jokes on Sports Center and, and on, the, on the TV side, yeah, I agree with you. But on, well, the, written, on the, the written side, shouldn't it be sports? Should it be sports analysis? Analysis and, and uh, you know, opinion pieces or whatever. Uh, but opinion pieces about sports, not about, yeah, about the sports. personal lives of the athletes uh, outside of criminal shit or something like that. But, like, yeah, like, I, I feel ro- like the romantic lives of athletes. If, uh, like, if Fox, and I hate Fox for a number of reasons, but if they took over, like, the role of ESPN as far as, like, the, the you know, go to sports site, uh, sports uh, yeah. network. I think it would be so much more entertaining because it wouldn't be PC and uh, it wouldn't have this annoying, you know, sort of messaging stuff in it. That's why all these secondary sites are catching, or not catching, ESPN's going to be a giant forever, but they're actually get, pulling business away from these people because the guys want that shit. Mm-hmm. If anything, they want straight sports and then some tits, right? right? <laughs> they don't want straight sports and lesbian power couple stories. No there's one wants not, that. No there's, no, there's no audience for that. And Disney, I think, is, is like, the way I feel about Disney is they have so much money. And they own so much exclusive content. They own Star Wars and Marvel, and they own all the ABC shit, and they own all the football and college football and pro football. They own so much stuff that you have to go to them for that they're just kind of saying, fuck you, you need us, so here's our agenda. We're going to cram down your throat. If we lose 10% of our business, we're still going to make $30 billion this year. <laughs> so it doesn't give a shit, right? Yeah. That their bottom line is not going to be hugely affected by this, and this is so important to us that we're going to push this lesbian power couple shit anyhow. Exactly. I don't like that stuff. That gets me upset. In fact, that leads into our final story today, Panties on a Bunch, Matt. What has my panties on a twist? My Harley Quinn. I wish Leaf Shriver was my father. You could ask for just about anything. I would have asked for a car. If I was eight, I would ask for a car. <laughs> just do that. I want to lean a Lamborghini to feel, to feel whole again. All right, son. Uh, so the guys, uh, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, who created the Game of Thrones show from the book series, probably the most successful like cable show, premium cable show ever in history, made HBO a massive fortune. HBO's had other good shows, but it made them a fortune. People love Game of Thrones. I think it had 20, the last, and the last season had 20 million people watching it, which is, and by the way, these are all paid subscribers. It's, I mean, it's outpacing shows on, free shows on network TV. I know it's getting big because I've noticed a lot of backlash against it recently. It, this might be another example of what, what we're going to talk about, but um, 
you know, even guys I respect have wrote on social media like, uh, you know, it's like glorifying slavery and then the rape scenes are yes. like just thrown in there for like the tit part. And I'm like, I haven't seen the show, so I can't really comment on that. But it's like, uh, I mean, the show is known. The show, I think the reason the show got so big was because. A, it's it's just well done. It's just well, very well produced. It's acted well. It's a, it's a knights and knights and fighting knights and armies and dragons battles and shit like that. But they actually, it's done well. It's done like it's sort of like the wire version of that, mm-hmm. where like the, all the inside palace intrigue shit is done really well. There's good actors, people, and then they kill off major characters. So like major characters get killed, and bad guys win, and, and it's bloody, and they chop off heads of people you love and shit like that. And that, that kind of been like, wow, this is different, right? It's not a fairy tale shit. This is like. Harsh, you know, realistic shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings, but you see all the blood and guts and shit like that. And people love that. They kind of like that realism of the, the period stuff. Uh, and it was very well done. So now these guys are doing uh, uh, their next show. They went to this show called Confederacy, which is, I know you already stated your opinion to me, alternative universes are not your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently every Marvel movie is, is an alternative universe story, from what I understand. So the story is that the South, the Civil War never took place. The North never went to war with the South. They allowed slavery to continue. And this is the alternate universe of the U.S. I don't know what the year is, but where the South is still a, a plantation-run black slavery part of the country, mm-hmm. unified part of the country, and it's not, you know, they can't touch it, essentially. And to me, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'd watch. That doesn't, to me, sound immediately intriguing. But if the show's well done, it's a Game of Thrones, guys. I'm probably going to tune in at least because... It could be about anything, and it could be. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of knights and sword play, but that show's really good. Yeah. So, but immediately, of course, having two white guys make a show where slavery exists in the U.S. still exists in the U.S. and there's guys whipping black people, white guys whipping black people, has stirred up so much backlash. No pun intended. Uh, that they're saying this can't be made. HBO can't do this. You cannot have a show. We were living very rough racial times, and and you can't have a show about slavery, let alone a show about slavery with two white guys creating the show, it'll just tear us apart, all stuff like that. Um, isn't that just utter bullshit? And why can't white people... As far as I can tell, there's at least 10 movies on, on my uh, pay-per-view streams that are black guys making movies about black, black, black slavery. So clearly slavery is still a topic that is very viable for, for entertainment content. Why can't two white guys who are obviously approaching this very earnestly, not for exploitative reasons, make a show about uh, a black, black slavery? Well... Uh, as a quick aside, is this actually a good premise for a show? Because wouldn't the exact same thing happen that already happened? The North would just gradually exert economic pressure on the South. Until- well, I think that's what the show is about. Okay, I think it's about. It's. I think. I think. And I'm not sure. It's like fifty years later, hundred years later, and they are doing just that. So, like, they're approaching a war. They're approaching a civil war again. Oh, I see. Uh, but it, but like with cars and like you know airplanes and shit like that. I, oh, that's cool. Actually, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yes, uh, I, I might watch it. I, I don't understand the thing where the, where two these are just American white guys. I guess uh, why they yes, they, American they, white guys. And, and by the way, just so before you, I said and Jewish too, Matt. If you want to drop in some uh, <laughs> some anti-Semitic references, why I don't understand what's in your head when you're protesting these guys' right to address whatever content they want. By the way, it, it sounds like in a sort of um, Future, almost like a sci-fi sort of manner. But yes. even if they wanted to make it realistic, as what they considered realistic, like would you tell John Singleton that he couldn't make Sleepy Hollow uh, because he's not British? Uh, it's fucking stupid. That was a great analogy, by the way. They're usually <laughs> really poor. Uh, uh, no, but I. You're, well, actually, you could obviously, but I think 
It's a reverse. It's a reverse. Discrim- it's a reverse racist treatment of this, which is like, yeah, black guy, the director, they let him do anything he wants, but to have white guys make a movie about slavery, it seems they're not justified because that's a tragedy. A tragedy of against black people, of white people against black people. White people should not be allowed to top touch that topic. Isn't this sort of a fascist way of thinking? Uh, I mean, first of all, these guys have no history of racism. No, no. one's, no one's uh, knows how they're going to address it. No, HBO isn't exactly a bastion of conservatism. So, do these people who are, who's actually saying this? Like, do they they really want to shut this down? Like, and and yes. dictate that white yes. people cannot write content about black history? Well, they don't put it. They don't put it that way. They couch it in terms like. It's too racially divisive. This is going to cause, you know, it's going to be very uh, insidious. It's going to cause racist people. I'm in this sure country. it is. That's the whole point of the show, right? It's entertainment. Well, I think they're saying it's going to cause racist people to be, you know, act out their racism and to like use this as a cha- as a as a rallying point to, you know, grow well, their numbers. That's insane. It, it's <laughs> insane. It is insane. I think it honestly comes down to what you said a minute ago, which is that they just don't think white people should have the right to make stories about black people. It's black like, suffering. Did you read about that professor at uh, Evergreen College yes. in Washington? Yes. So they used to historically... That had to be your safety school, by the way. Oh, man. It, no one takes that school seriously. <laughs> no. I went to college in Washington. <laughs> that school is known as a complete joke. Uh, <laughs> so they, they historically had this day where the uh, minorities stay away from the, the campus because it shows... You no, know, the, white, the white people have to leave the campus. No, no, no. But the background oh, of it is okay. until last year, gotcha, gotcha. The, the black and I guess whatever minorities would leave to show, hey, look how important we are You know, when we're not yes. here. You notice... So then they changed it to the white people have to stay home. And this one professor who's white, super liberal guy was like, uh, no, that's you can't you not showing up is different than telling me I can't show up. So, you know, I feel like you're free to have a problem with the show and you're free to not watch it and you're free to write a counter to it or whatever. But you don't get to tell people what they can and can't write. Except I think that I think they will. I, I would be surprised at this point if the show goes forward. Because I think that the now HBO is owned by CBS, and I forget who the, cor- the master, corporate master is. But this shit is so. I mean, I think we're actually at the point now when we're centering content. The major companies are centering content based on these backlashes. Mm-hmm. And you know, the pendulum swung. You know, eighty years ago they would have done a, a blackface racist show, and everyone would have laughed at it. Right. And now we're at the exact opposite point. It's all fascism, right? It's now at the opposite point where it's the exact opposite. Now white people can't make a show about that involves. The Confederacy or black slavery as an issue because they just because they're not the right skin color. Right? So it's like the mindset is like equality means that we get to oppress you now instead of hey you know let's all uh, you know address these issues together. No, no that, that's like uh, you know you hit me I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you back and now and yes. now I'm right. No, it's, we're gonna we're going to censor speech, but now from the opposite perspective. Yeah, and that, and that's never worked, and it's not it's not going to work in the short term. Yeah, you might get a, you might fuck with a couple guys who never did anything to you, and probably are on your side. By oh, the yeah. way, I would assume. I assume I would assume that the show is not from the point of view of the slavery is really it's good. It's not like they would have greenlit a racist show. <laughs> no, it's not going to be like you know the North is wrong and slavery turned out to be really good. <laughs> that's just not going to be the show. Uh, I can guarantee the slave owners are going to be evil bastards like they are in all the movies. Yeah. Evil raping, tobacco-chewing bastards who get gutted in the end of the movie. I'm assuming the NFL doesn't exist in this parallel world. Uh, I don't know. We have to wait to find out. Season two, the NFL, <laughs> Alabama football. We'll imagine the, yeah, imagine Alabama versus uh, UCLA. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all right, that's what has my pennies in a bunch. Matt, you have something you wish to pip and promote on the show this week? Uh, same shit. MattRalston.net. Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Uh, stay tuned for a big announcement. In the really? Yeah, really? In the near future. That's a fucking cock tease. <laughs> uh, Brian, what about you? You got something you want to sell? 
Uh, you want to do your home run call for us? Oh, man. Griffin Hagen with the Grand Salami. Uh, Grand Salami is <laughs> such a rookie move, dude. I got to say. You can do better than that. This is what we said when I was five. This is my doctor. first home run call, and it was a slam, dude. You got to have that. I know. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. But Grand Salami, no one, that's not getting the ESPN Top 10 sports calls. <laughs> Sunset Baseball League this uh, championship this Saturday at Blair Field in Long Beach. I've also, in preparation for UCLA ice hockey, have been... Uh, just hanging out at Pickwick Ice in Burbank and announcing the beer league game. So you can follow me on Facebook at Brian on the mic if you want to be nice. entertained with nice. that shit. You're not Brian in the morning, Brian on the mic. The zoo, <laughs> the crazy zoo. Uh, I would like to uh, tell you if you want to get up Friday at 4 o'clock in the morning, West Coast time, I'll be on the Blaze every, every Friday. This is Lex, Last Minute Earth. Talk to you later.